You're going to find that many of the foods we cling to depend greatly on our own point of view. You're listening to SWOTOR Reforged. Wotor Reforged is brought to you by TweakedAudio.com, affordable earbuds for your smartphone or MP3 device, engineered for awesome sound clarity and durability, starting at $19.95. Choose from four styles and six different colors. Use the code off the record for 30% off, free shipping, and a lifetime warranty, all at TweakedAudio.com. And welcome back, everyone, to another great episode of SWOTOR Reforged. I do that on purpose, by the way. <laughs> this I am your host, Eve Barwin. <laughs> and today's record date is Monday, July 16th. Welcome, one and all, all and one, to Swotor Reforged. And, and because Jawas wear tiny little brown robes and scoop up C-3PO, here is Louis Olan. <laughs> Hello, Eve Barwin. Hello over in the chat room. Glad to make it here tonight. <laughs> Hello. Hello. His Jawas are epic. And because he seems to be made to suffer, Fred Woodley. Yep, here I am. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so um, before the show, uh, Fred and and the chat room were cheering me up because I'm still I'm still aggravated at iTunes. We'll get into that in like two seconds. Um, but they were cheering me up with these these epic rap battles, which you can find all over YouTube. And there's a uh, not only is there an epic rap battle for Darth Vader versus Hitler, but apparently this epic rap battle thing was <laughs> so popular they made they made a sequel, <laughs> <laughs> which is just as ridiculous as the first. <laughs> Ridiculous! Yeah. You're gonna have a whole cult of people leaving you one-star reviews if you say that. <laughs> <laughs> These things are really popular. They're totally popular for um, Star Wars fans out there. Go check them out. Go check them out. Um, epic rap battles: Darth Vader versus versus Hitler. But be warned, there are a couple of profane words, so don't let little kids hear it. Oh yeah, this thing is is definitely like rated rated R times two. <laughs> Right. I'm also trying to find the YouTube videos they have of uh, Darth Vader where they strung together all of James Earl Jones' movie clips, you know, all the movies he's done over the years, <laughs> and match them with scenes from yes. the movies. Yeah, I saw that. That thing is hysterical. I love that. <laughs> I love that. It's so funny. It's so funny. James Earl Jones, man, let me tell you, he is, he is definitely the... Uh, I, don't think, I don't think Darth Vader would have been as, as impressive most impressive without James Earl Jones voicing that character um, well, but just wait until the next George Lucas canon release James Earl Jones isn't going to be the voice of Vader anymore it's going to be like Nicolas Cage Luke I am your father <laughs> <laughs> great great hey 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 no yeah, go back Fine. That's exactly what we need. Is Go back to Con Air. Con Air. Oh, God. <laughs> Tell me that doesn't seem like something George Lucas would do. Or um, suddenly the jaw was talk, and they all sound like Nicolas Cage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
no. Fred, what's going on? Why why is Nicolas Cage in, in your version of Star Wars now? What's going on with this? What what is that about? I'm just <laughs> telling you and warning you that's gonna be the next canon product. <laughs> You're gonna see Luke and <laughs> and his uncle are gonna go walking up to the little Jawa crawler and it's gonna be like Hey man, you wanna buy some droids? <laughs> you don't wanna sell me any droids. I don't want to sell you any droids. Why? But why Nicolas Cage? But I do want to sell you some droids. Why would you pick Nicolas Cage and not like, I don't know. Because that is the one person that could completely ruin Star Wars, other than George Lucas himself. I was going to say, I think George Lucas has been been doing a good job ruining it himself. And the only way he can make it worse is throwing Nicolas Cage in Star Wars. Nicolas Cage, yeah. That's the next step. That's the next step. Or Charlie Sheen. <laughs> winning, right? Totally yeah. winning. The uh, the I'm remake sure. of uh, of episode the remake of episode two is going to have Charlie Sheen at the bar flipping out the thing and from his sleeve and going, "Want to buy some death sticks?" <laughs> well, neither Han nor Guido shot first. It was actually Charlie. Jeez. Winning, Charlie Sheen from under the table. All right, so uh, this is a, a primarily a Swotor show. So, um, let's, uh, let's gotta remind people. I got to remind, I got to remind you. <laughs> oh, re- <laughs> poor Fred, poor Fred. Um, what's been going on in game guys? What's been going on in game? Let's see. Any mean of mine. catch a Fred by the toe. Go ahead, Lou. What's been going on in game for you? Man. Again, remember I said last week, the tough choice between leveling up, uh, you know, either my, Bounty Hunter or the Sentinel. Well, I'll be doing a little bit of both. I'm compromising because okay. I do want to get both characters to 50. Um, but, you know, I, I love dual wielding class. I mean, I love wielding two lightsabers. I mean, I have my Marauder <laughs> and now I want to get my Sentinel up there. But I do like the fact that uh, I like the Bounty Hunter storyline. I'm enjoying just how, I, I guess, how mercenary she can sound <laughs> with that story. Yeah. So I'm finding it very interesting. I find myself going back to it every chance I get. So. Okay. And uh, right now, also trying to trying to get better upgrades to my Sentinel. I realized why I'm not doing so well. I was like, ooh, maybe I should swap out the collection edition crystals I have and I've been using for the past six, seven levels. But the thing is, I just don't want to take them out because they look so cool. Yeah. I love the uh, collector's edition uh, crystals. I use them on my Sentinel as well. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I'm going to save up and see what's out there and, you know, sadly make the change because <laughs> I do like that color. But I know sooner or later I'm going to find the, uh, gosh, uh, what color am I looking for? The green ones. Green crystals. I do like that color that they have in the game because it reminds me of the green color save that Luke had in Return of the Jedi. I love that color they used for that movie. You like the You like the green? Yeah, that green, and in particular, that saber sound that Luke had in that movie is like one of the, for me, one of the most definitive sounds ever. Yeah. With a lightsaber. You know, yeah. it was cool, sounding to the point where it's like, that thing ignited, you knew, yeah, this is a lightsaber, don't bleat with me. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, baby. Night of the Republic, Louis Olan. Um, I thought the, the Collector's Edition Crystal was available for... Most of your levels. I think no, you have to go back. pretty much just the beginning and yeah, the end it. game. Yeah. Okay. In between, you're, you're, you're stuck. So. 
All right. I know I checked on it. I checked on it once, and that was when I ran over there to to get my my other one for for uh, Morrigan, my my Sentinel. And I remember seeing a crystal for Endgame, but I thought I saw like you know another one for for like somewhere in the middle, and I so I, I but I you know I'm often mistaken with with some of these things because <clears throat> when I'm in game, I'm very goal oriented. It's you know. Log well, in, no, do this. What they did, you have the basic crystal there, and then you have a bunch of different endgame crystals, like one with every possible stat you might want. Oh, okay. That must have been what I was seeing then. Yeah, and it, I'm just glad they finally did that, because when the game first launched, all you had was that basic crystal you could buy on that vendor. Right. Yeah, that's, see, that was, that's what confused me, because when I started, when, when I had my, my um, when I first started up, I started up my, my Jedi Knight. Ivarwin, uh, and I had that crystal starting off with him. And then later on, when I made when I made my Sentinel, Lou is telling me, "Oh, I'm surprised you didn't get the the uh, gold color uh, crystals in there." And and I said, well, "I didn't realize I was able to get an additional one." So he he showed me where it was, and and that's where. And this was I don't know a couple of months ago. If you look if you look back in the episode list, is the one where you know you know Dave and I are talking about our our Jedi's, and I'm I'm going crazy over my fat bottom Jedi. <laughs> I love her so much. She's so wonderful. <laughs> um, which, by the way, I, I got her up to uh, level 19 this week. Oh, nice. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. Actually, no. I'm lying. It was uh, 20. I got. I just got her up to 20. I played her a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. And um, right about the time we had like a kind of like a show lull for the week. You know, during during the week we go through you know ups and ups and downs. Um, with how busy we get with the show, and sometimes I'm able to spend a little extra time on tour. So I, I think it was one of those days when when um, I wasn't quite as busy. And uh, by the way, Joe Wilson has been ramping up his uh, the work that he's been doing on the network. We got we got Planet Side off the record coming, and he's I think the guy put in like eleven hours yesterday just just getting all of his ducks in a row with with all the various network things tying up loose ends and then also focusing on um brand new audio for this show by the way, all done by Joe Wilson yesterday <laughs> <laughs> um so big huge thanks to to our wonderful producer joe wilson for 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 blasting that out and uh doing as much work as he has been um this is why yes. we love the widget. Yeah, just so, amazing. Yeah. So as my boss puts it, thanks for being you, Joe. Thanks. For this it. one's for you. <laughs> this one's for you, Joe Wilson. <laughs> for all the hard work you do with QGN. <laughs> Real producer of genius. <laughs> this one goes to you, Joe Wilson. 11 hours on the computer. <laughs> Ivarwin, I don't think you're supposed to do both parts of that. No, no, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> not at all. You have to forgive me. This is like my second cup of coffee. And So, just for reference, if anybody is wondering about what Ivarwin was talking about a couple minutes ago, you'll want to check out episode 9.5 of Star Wars Off the Record, which is entitled Fat Bottom Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> and also... Planet Side Off the Record has released Episode Zero, which can be found on our Quest Gaming Network main feed. Yeah, yeah, that was another thing that that came out this week. 
um, was that, that huge main feed that we've got now. So every show that we do for the network, um, and this does relate to, uh, to tour in just two seconds. And I'll tell you in a minute, uh, <laughs> every show that we do on the main feed, well, every show that we do, goes on the main feed, every episode. So if you're, if you're a huge fan of, you know, all the different shows that we do, you could just subscribe to one feed and we just constantly update it every time we do a show. So, so you could check that out. And, um, how does this relate to tour? Get ready for it. Here it comes. Well, we're going to tell you. If you look at the we're feed, you. you'll notice that there's no SWOTOR Reforged Episode 1. That's because Episode 14 of Star Wars Off the Record counts as that. So <laughs> the Evarwini episode was our first actual labeled SWOTOR Reforged episode, and yeah. it was amazing. <laughs> and remember, folks, send tweets at Evarwin and use the hashtag Evarwinny. Evarwinny. <laughs> I think he decided to go with the Y at the end because he didn't like the I. That, no, that was a mistake, actually. I, I, uh, but, but I like the Y now because everyone's been using it. The whole you thing is the whole thing is stupid. But <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean stupid? What do you mean stupid? I finally, I finally thanks, came over Linus. Stupid <laughs> server that you play on, and made a Jedi named Evarwini, and you're going to tell me I'm stupid. I didn't say you were stupid. I said, oh, but my Jedi Evarwini's stupid. He's dumb. It's a girl, anyway. She's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> That's your hardcore challenge, Lou. You got to level a male character to level fifty. Uh, that's going to take a while. <laughs> I, that may take a while. I leveled my Jedi Sentinel to twenty, <laughs> and there you go. There's there's the, the segue name? back in. What was the name? Uh, Morrigan. Oh, Morrigan. That's her. That's her name. So had some fun with her. Started a consular, right, Lou? That is correct, sir. Started up a consular on Candorous Ordo, and um, because because Fred refuses to come on to Candorous Ordo. And uh, and show a little Republic love, and hang out with uh, with Lou and I. It's just been myself and Lou playing our new characters. So, That's uh, right. Yeah, <laughs> you you could you know pop in and say hi. <laughs> you could do. That. I could. You could. But, you could, but that's all right. But that, you know, does that really seem like something Fred would do? No, because Fred's whooped. And uh, his girlfriend is refusing to let him go. <laughs> no, that would be because Fred is in a guild that he enjoys playing with. Oh, is that what Barwin and Lou are refugees and refuse to come to sanctity. <laughs> touche, my good friend. Touche. <laughs> um. Lou, For the what, record, I was completely joking about having made characters on Candorous Ordo. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I know you were. I know you would never go to there, go to that server, and, and make Republic characters. <laughs> yeah, let's just say the Lucifer hasn't phoned and said that it's winter time yet. Oh my! Oh my. We're, we're going that way with this, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, Lucifer's um, not calling me to go bobsledding. Uh, Lou, what what was the character that that you made in conjunction with my consular? What, what, what was that one? I made a Republic Trooper. There we go. A Vanguard. That's right. Now and we're back to force choking Lou. <laughs> <laughs> no, we didn't get we didn't get a chance to to do anything. Oh no, wait, no, we did. We did, we did. Uh, the S list. Mm-hmm. 
That's right. No, I don't. I barely remember because I was I was literally falling asleep while we were doing it because it was so late. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, you're falling asleep because you're playing Lame Republic. Um, no. So you can send all of your hate mail to uh, to Elder Scrolls Off the Record at gmail dot com. Care of Joe Wilson at Gorthinalor, uh G O R T H. Yeah, like they're gonna remember that. Yeah. yeah <laughs> That's gotta... why it's that long and complicated. Is that why? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know how much hate tweets I would get in a day? A lot for me, that's for sure. I can't be bothered with that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Fred, so what about you? What's been going on with you this week in game? Well, I've done a lot this week. I actually started leveling up my new Mary Allen Imperial Agent Sweet. on the right side of the game. Sweet. You mean the uh, the dark side of the game? The right side, yes. Right. You know, if, here, here's something that never gets brought up. All right. You dark side guys. Okay. You're so uber powerful and ooh, I'm so badass. How come you always get, how come you always get your asses handed to you at the end of every single movie? What do you mean, you dark side guys? You dark side guys. Oh, well, we're so powerful with our force choking and our badassery. And oh, look at my lightsaber. It's so red and, and special. And I'm so angry. Like, bunch of emo winos is what you Well, <laughs> let's look at the original trilogy. And by, by dark side guys, I'm really just talking to Fred. <laughs> well, first off, let me correct you. Okay, you please. use the term dark side guys. Yeah. Every character I have is light side, but they're on the right side of the game. Okay. Second off, let's As look the at Empire. the original trilogy of movies here. Mm-hmm. There were two Sith. Right. You lame people killed two Sith yeah. after they wiped out an entire planet of Republic people. Right. That was that was after that was after most of the Sith had destroyed themselves because they haven't you learned the, the art of diplomacy. You needed an entire raid to kill two Sith. You you killed each other off. You know, don't... one of them was a decrepit old man, and the only reason you killed him is because another Sith had to help you. <laughs> decrepit old man. Oh my God! Liz in the chat room is saying, "Nerd fight, nerd fight." <laughs> There's no fight to be had. If you add up the death tally, the Republic clearly lost. No, that's that's not accurate at all. Not accurate at all. I mean, yeah, okay, if you want to measure your 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 uh you know, your wins and losses based on, on death toll, sure, fine, whatever. Okay, but um who ultimately when, won in the when, end? Who ultimately Luke, won in the end? Did did the well, was the Jedi the extended, around or was the, the Sith universe? Around? Okay. The Jedi to, die. All right. You know what? Two Death Stars. You had to build two Death Stars. Okay. Because the guy knew how to shoot womp rats on Tatooine. You um, guys took so long to kill two <laughs> Sith, we had time to build another Death Star. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's let's end it off this. Let, let's end it with this. This is ridiculous. And, well, one last question to end this, Marwin. Okay. At ahead. the end of the movie, yes. Did did Luke have the hut ball? Did Luke have the hut ball at the end of the movie? Uh, I don't he even know lost. how to how do he I didn't even miss? know how to score how, what <laughs> that doesn't even make any sense that makes no sense he didn't have the hot ball he couldn't he, have won you know what he had the hot ball and he did win so there you go how do you like that bam <laughs> really the republic really? has to resort to cheating yeah we're, re- we're resorting to cheating oh look at you you're the biggest cheaters in the whole galaxy and, and using emerald 
Oh my god! All right, enough, 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 enough. Damn. Enough. Because only because not not like we couldn't go on and on and on about this and enjoy ourselves, but I think the listeners are ready to kill us. <laughs> yeah. Besides, to steal a quote from Dave, you're wrong. You're wrong. No, you're wrong. You're wrong. Firsties, no backsies. Uh. <laughs> Fred, I think I just got violated. What did you? <laughs> this is ridiculous. <laughs> This is so ridiculous. We're all getting anyway, fired off this show. Joe's going to listen to this, game, and he's going to be like, you guys game. are idiots. Are you ready? I'm ready to hear your in-game. Would you please okay, enlighten us? I got us? my Miri Allen yeah. Imperial Agent to level 18. Yeah. Finally, finally got him his ship, like, right before that. Okay. Then, <laughs> I hate my first companion on that character. I hate her. <laughs> I'm trying to level up light side. And I will dismiss her. And as soon as I'm done with the cutscene, she's back. And I'm still losing affection points with her. Well, that stinks. It's bad enough that as soon as I got the ship droid, I replaced her with him. Wow. Oh, man. Jeez. I would rather hear, Master, I'll grind the corns off your feet. (laughs) Just saying. (laughs) Is that supposed to be C2N2? Is that your C2N2 impression? (laughs) Um, no. C2N2 is a lame Republic droid. (laughs) C2N2 doesn't fear you like he should. Mm -hmm. I happen to have the good droid. The good droid. Okay. Yeah, the one that cowers in fear when I walk onto my ship. (laughs) And that's true. He goes, Master, please don't deactivate me. You know, I said that. I will. <laughs> Just, Just because I can. Just, yeah. Oh, don't worry. You're safe. They didn't give me the, that option yet. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Imperial Agent, I got him up. I've been doing my dailies about every other day on both of my level 50s because I'm trying to rebuild a nice pool of credits over time. I've been working on my trade skills because I only have one character that's completely maxed on all of his. So I've been working on my other 50, who's a synth weaver. I finally got his synth weaving to 300, only 100 more to go in that. I've been working on armor mech on my agent, um, arms tech on my trooper. And I think that's about all I've done this week, but I've invested a lot of hours like i got on that agent he was level one sunday morning and i logged off at about three in the morning sunday night and was level 18 wow not bad yeah not bad. that's a run. good yeah that's a good run i started um i started uh arms tech i believe with with my consular arms mm-hmm. tech and um i had uh uh what's the uh the slicing i was gonna say the the money grabbing crew skill but <laughs> <laughs> be far off from that but yes <laughs> i had like a tirade on the game while i'm playing lou i was like go get i was like go get me go get me credits that's what you do you get me credits bring me credits ha 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 credits 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 and lou's like what the hell's going on over there bro <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's up with you and kaizen eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah kaizen is my uh kaizen fest is is my is my hoe and uh he gets me credits that's what he does as far as graphical appearance go, Kazan is my favorite companion in the game. You know, Lou was saying that too. He yeah. he was saying uh, he likes he likes the fact that even if he's wearing gloves and boots, 
they don't always they don't show on on his on his character because it wouldn't be consistent with the type of class with the type of race that he is with me i think it's because the majority of my time in everquest was on ixgar and even in skyrim i play the argonians a lot i'm partial to the scaled races kind of wish i could play as a trans docian yeah but. i wish so too I, that's one race i'd like to play in the in, in tour be the trans do you think the trans would have been a better option than the cathar no, because they don't speak basic. And then they can't add voiceovers. Which is why if you think if you think about it, a lot of the species we get to play are humanoid to where they can all have a reasonable expectation to speak basic. Or you know, or sorry, uh, standard. So Good thought. You know, I, yeah, I I would hope that sooner later down the road that Bioware just says, you know, to heck with it because there are a lot of races that you see in the movies and in the books that don't speak standard. You know, yet you know you have to communicate with them, and I think it'd be nice for them to add that down the road. You, you always notice that whenever, whenever a Star Wars character interacts with another one, whether or not they happen to speak standard or basic or not, somehow they always understand what the other person is saying, and you see that all the time in the game. You know, T seven talks to you, and you answer him back in in english or you know in, in basic or standard um the same thing with with kaizen fest you know you you talk to you talk to them um your your character speaks directly to npcs all the time that don't speak standard or, or basic at all and well, it's, it's not a problem with like having the technology to do it because if you turn on the subtitles you can actually read everything your character's saying as they say it yeah, I think they just don't want you to have to sit through an entire game of you know like listening to Chewbacca voice. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, true, but then again, I mean, if they really do want to open up the avenue to have players, you know, experience the toy universe with all these different species. They're going to have to, you know, eventually give into the fact that yeah, you're going to have you know races that don't speak. The language, you know, and the players want to experience, you know, I for one, I don't mind reading subtitles if I know my, you know, my character race can't speak standard. That's fine. You know, I think players would be open to that. You know, they'd be willing to accept that. Yeah, so. I think like anything else that's come out in this game that that uh, players have have always had an issue with. Great example is the cooldown. The way your cooldown is displayed on your hotbar. Um, you know, they, they, they had the cooldown players wanted it a different way. They gave it. And then other players said, watching that cooldown makes me sick. So now they've got like, you know, five or six different ways that you can observe your cooldown on your bar. They can do, you know, different things in this game where, you know, they, they put out, um, you know, Trandoshans or Wookiees as, as characters or as races that you can play. And you can either go through the game listening to all of their nonsense and reading the subtitles, or you can, you know, have them muted for the game and just read read subtitles. Or maybe they can go as far as to have like a really awful voice actor just do the English instead, if that's what you would prefer, and have these three different options on the UI interface and select. 
and toggle them as you want within the game. I think they should just make it so, you know, you're you're playing your Transdotion character, Mm -hmm. and by default, that character speaks its normal language. But there should be, like, a toggle option in your menu that on your end, you will actually hear the regular voice actor speaking to these people and just other players around you just hear the Transdotion. Yeah. Because that way it's like, are you okay with, you know, breaking a little bit of the lore for your own enjoyment? You click the box, yes, then you can just hear the normal voice acting and other people around you just hear the way that race speaks. Right. I think that'd be nice. That'd be very nice to hear. Because sooner or later, they're going to have to figure out a way to get around that hurdle because they're well, limiting I, themselves by a bunch of races. And maybe not. Maybe maybe that's what they're going to do. Maybe you just not. Maybe you're just not going to get those races. I mean, as as much as that might suck, to even you know consider that, um, maybe they're just not going to release those races, and that's and that's just the Bioware stance. I'm sure at the moment that's their stance. You know, if we start emailing them and telling them we would like, you know, such and such race, I'm sure they'll, I'm sure they'll, you know, figure a way. That's usually what they do. I don't know. I think long term we're going to see an alien race come in at some point. Yeah, I'd like to. I'd like to play a Wookiee for sure. I've always said that on the show. And I would definitely like to have a Wookiee as as a, as a playable race. Or Jawa. Blizz, come on. Jawa. Yeah, chat room in the, uh, the chat room's been saying Jawa. A lot of, lot of Jawas, and uh, I know Joe even said uh, back when he was on the show that he wants to play a Jawa. That would be a lot of fun. Although I'm sure the the uh, the way the character looks and your your ability to, to toggle its features and all that, I'm sure that's going to be severely limited. <laughs> do you want the brown robe or a black robe? <laughs> <laughs> hmm, do I want the dark brown, the light brown, or the Fifty Shades of Brown robe? Yellow, yellow, bright yellow eyes or dark gold eyes? Yeah, I, I really don't think that we're ever going to see Jawas as Probably not. Race. No, probably not. <laughs> and I don't think Wookiees either because imagine romance with a Wookiee. You know what? My, my... That girl's whole face is going inside that Wookiee's mouth. No. There's just some sites too terrible to hold in the galaxy. That would be one of them. <laughs> <laughs> What's that, like three Wookiees, one bucket? Ew, gross. Oh, Ew, oh, stop. No. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, God. All right. And with that, gentlemen, if there's nothing about your gameplay that we would like to discuss... <laughs> We can head and, off to the news. You know, the chat room brings up another good point, Evarwin. No, nothing about Wookiee in a slave girl race. outfit. Stop it. No. No, no, no. <laughs> they had Wookiees as a playable race. And uh, you could play as a female Wookiee. Would they have to make the top cover like six different places on their stomach? No. <laughs> 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 Look, I don't think it's ever uh, been said. Me to the phrase, we'll be but you know, <laughs> I don't think it's ever been said that that Wookies have six six nipples. I'm inferring. <laughs> no, I want to remain blissfully ignorant. Yeah. Didn't Agreed. you ever see the Star Wars Christmas special? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 
Okay. How how are we doing, guys? Are we ready to move on to the news, or you, you got something else about your gameplay, Fred? <laughs> no more six-nippled Wookiees. <laughs> well, I, I will say that I've been doing the Belsavis dailies on my Inquisitor, which is my assassin. Okay. Versus my original character was my Sith Juggernaut. And the assassin has about half the gear that the juggernaut does at this point, and he still flies through those dailies so much easier. Really? Oh, yeah. It's unbelievable to me because, you know, he wears light armor, the juggernaut's in heavy armor, stuff dies so fast, and the funny part is that both of them I use my healing companion on, and... The assassin is specced as a tank, and the juggernaut specced as DPS. And the tank kills things faster. That's interesting. Now, why do you think that is? You'd think the, the DPS would kill things faster, right? I have no idea, because I, I'm assuming that my healing companions are on par with one another. But, because both of them have, like, crappy level 30 gear. <laughs> hmm. So you're using Mine healing like companions. One orange weapon. Like you're using healing companions yeah. for both both characters, not like yes. one's a okay. And that's the interesting part because it isn't like I'm using a DPS on my tanking companion. And you're sure the gear is comparable? Like one doesn't have less quality gear than the other. Oh, one does have less quality gear. The Inquisitor has by far worse gear than the Juggernaut. Okay. And he's just breezing through mobs like a hot knife through butter. Well, then, the juggernaut, they're like beating his face against things before they finally die ten minutes later. <laughs> okay. It's like terrible. It's like watching Vader beat up some like Jedi and then you see the Emperor just walk by and just like death touch somebody and keep going. And just <laughs> like Vader's been fighting like Ben Kenobi for twenty minutes. Meanwhile the Emperor's killed everybody else in the group. <laughs> All right, guys. Let's let's head over to the news, and because uh, we got we got a whole lot to cover, and uh, this has been a big week for the news, actually. Oh yes. Oh, well, semi big. I mean, no, nothing that people have been holding their breath over, but like some some pretty cool stuff that's that's definitely come out. A couple of surprises. So we'll get into that. So stay tuned. Here comes the news. Hello. What have we here? Welcome back, everyone. Lou, what do we have? What's our first, our very first headline today? Well, our first headline, we all know that Bioware has always had a version of the free trials since day one. Right. Remember the weekend pass, you know, the French trial. Well, again, uh, last week they announced the Old Republic free trial, which was now you get to be able to live out your own saga with lots of other players, and you get to play up to level 15 with no charge or time limits. Uh, initially, God. yeah, this, the free trials you're limited uh, for a certain amount of time, you know. But now, hey, you go up to level 15, free of charge, play as long as you want, no worries there. Okay, it allows individuals that don't, you know, that do not have a previously active Star Wars or Republic account, you know, to experience the game and see just a small portion of it, 
with no payments required. This is, for me, this is exactly where this needed to be at launch. And um, I'm, I know they wanted to try like different business models for their free trial thing. Mm-hmm. And that's that's all well and good. But I I think they went with their own thinking before listening to an, a, a far experienced player base in this regard. I think they should have... The, the player base for this game is extremely experienced when it comes to MMOs. And I think much more so than the most, most of the people that are designing the game. Most of us have, have played, you know, <laughs> MMOs since for 15 years since, you know, the original EverQuest. Um, so when we get into this game, we're expecting a lot of different things. And some of those things were not there. This being one of them. And um, I think this is, I think the level they chose and the way they're doing this, it's it's uh, very simplified. No, no over-explaining is required. All right. Before they had two different versions of this. You had uh, your free trial weekend and then your friend invite. And then the friend invite was like a totally separate thing where you only got the one planet, your starter planet, and then it cut off at level 10. Right. And you were done. You couldn't even get onto the fleet. Right. That's and correct. Then, and then you had the free trial invite, which was the weekend. You mm-hmm. had like a, a free weekend where you could play up to. Um, you, you got the, the, the starter planet and then the first uh, flashpoint. And I think you were even given access to the fleet, but that was it. Yes, like you, yeah, and you were able to go to the capital planet for each faction. Right. So that's, that's you know, roughly about level 13, 12, or 13. I would there. still argue that it would have been bad for the game if this trial was in right when it launched. Because so? that, that that would have been less people buying the box to try the game. The people that planned on moving on initially would have been a lot less box sales. Because oh. you would have had people just trying it and then going, oh, yeah, not for me. I'm just going to go ahead and leave. Uh, I, I, w- I would say, because if you remember, we didn't have any form of a free trial when the game first came out. I would say this should be the first one that they went with. But at launch, no, that would have been a bad time for it. Because the, the free trials they did come out with were complete crap. But, you know, having this day one, that would have prevented a lot of people that just wanted to try the game from actually buying it. At the initial outset, I would say dollars-wise, dollar impact-wise, you're probably right. But as far as instilling... Um, good community relations with the player base. Having this at the outset would have been key. And a good community relationship with the player base is what keeps the game thriving and alive for many, many years to come. It, it, uh, it goes a long way to fostering confidence from the player base. So from that end of it, I would say that it m- was might be a good idea but I mean, I mean, at this point, you know, launch was, you know, seven, eight months ago. So, <laughs> you know, it's here now. And Well, Levar, uh, I would have agreed with you if the game would have had everything that current day MMO players would have expected the game to have. But right. with a free trial like this, yeah. if they got in and there was no LFG tool, those people would have never bought the game. Okay, but those people are, are not playing the game anyway. 
and are just so, if they're if they're even giving the game a try again now they're starting to come back. But those now you now you just severely pissed those people off. They spent sixty dollars on a game, they got their free month. There's no LFG system in it. You know they're tied to a game that they're increasingly um, getting angry over for you know a month for thirty days. And they've they've invested a considerable amount of, of time and effort into that game. They've had to go to the store or wait on a long download. They've had to spend sixty dollars on the box, um, and then only to play it for you know x amount of time, and then decide that they don't like it for you know one, two, three, four, and five reasons. With well, a see, with a free see trial, that you're like looking this. at it entirely from a player perspective. Let, let's pretend that you run Bioware here. If you're launching this MMO. And you know that it's missing key things the current day players expect to be there. And it's your game and your money on the line. Mm-hmm. Would you put a free trial there rather than get that guaranteed $60 from that people? Yes. Knowing that games like Warhammer looked like they were going to be big successes and flopped within a couple months. Yeah, I would. And you know why I would? Because if I was running Bioware and I said there's an LFG system that's missing here and that might jeopardize my game, you, you, you better bet that I'm going to put somebody on the phone and I'm going to say, you create an LFG system at this freaking moment right now. So when we launch this game, it's not an issue. So if they were worried that, that their game stinks and didn't put in a free trial as a result of that, and we're looking to just, you know, grab up money in the initial outset and... <laughs> you know, masking this 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 you know secret fear of oh my god my game might stink, then they've got bigger problems than putting than than you know wondering if they should have a free trial or not. <laughs> much much bigger problems. Um, well, it's not a matter of the game stinking because it it didn't stink at all. It was a good game, but look how many people left. Well, I know it's not a, a matter of the game stinking, but they, the fact they, is 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 if if they're if they're worried. That they should should or should not put a free trial in at launch, because they're they're concerned that you know people might try the game and then not not subscribe to it because of the content in that game. Then in that circumstance, it is a question as to the upper management thinking their game stinks and is not good enough to hold those subscribers. So then, if that's the thinking, they should then make an itemized list of what they think in this game is is not where it should be, and then correct those problems before this game launches. But Ivarwin, I'm sure they had a list like that. But keep in mind, they had EA telling them they had to release by a certain date. Well, I'm not I'm not looking to assign you know blame or anything like that. What I'm what I'm simply trying to do is is just tell you why well, I think saying, this game should it, have started with. <laughs> <laughs> with this <laughs> if it's your game though in that scenario and you're being told you have to release by this date and you know there's no way you can get those features done by that time would you so give those people a free trial and risk all that money being gone yeah and your stockholders bringing you up on charges for costing them their money i would i would have look this is this is getting you know ridiculous <laughs> but the fact of the matter is that if if it were me all right I would have had a free trial, and uh, and I would have corrected all the issues, um, or or held off, held off launch. That I mean, the, you've got several different factors, and they're all extremely intertwined. But the fact of the matter is, is that you know, uh, if, if gamers now expect free trials to be in the in that game, so they can try it. 
and that's that's that is that is proper that is correct that is what we want and that is what we should be receiving when an mmo launches and that's just the end of it well then you know my next question mm-hmm. what mmo has launched recently that had a free trial from the offset i don't know i don't know none are you sure it's none i'm sure Terra. unless it's unless it's a free game Terra didn't even have a day one unless it was a buddy pass okay because this is this is what we ex- risk that god all right look this is this is getting ridiculous now now we have this is getting completely ridiculous all right lou what's what's the next headline all right because i don't feel like arguing over this nonsense you know until the cows come home so what do we got going next lou well we've got the public or public friends trial reward and for those of you with Bio and Lucas Arts, they announced an addition. You know, it's an in-game reward for the French Star Wars Zero Republic trial. What you can do is you can earn an exclusive, what they call the Kurtab Alliance speeder, by meeting the following requirements. You've had to refer one or more of your friends to the French trial referral form. It's on the site. <laughs> At least one of your friends has to have purchased the game and paid for a recurring monthly subscription or redeemed a game time code. Meaning your friend had to slap down the sixty bucks <laughs> for you know digital version, box version, and or enter the game time code. Okay, and then also you have to be opted to receive in mails from the old republic. And just as important, you and your friend's account must not be banned for whatever reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Don't be banned, please. <laughs> yes. All right. So all players who have already referred a friend to the French trial and meet the requirements that I just listed, they're going to be retroactively awarded the Kurtzop Alliance speeder via an in-game mail. So, you know, when you log in, again, check your in-game mailbox, and you should see it there. Okay? And the specs for the speeder are it's going to be for level 25. It's an artifact level quality. Okay? It only requires speeder pilot rank 1, thank God. <laughs> Its speed is 110%, yay, and it does provide extra protection against being knocked off. That's what I hate in the game, being knocked off my speeder. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's so that's, annoying. <laughs> that's annoying. Um, all right, Fred, what do you, how do you feel about, about people who get their friends to play the game, and then all of a sudden now they're, they're able to get a speeder that is just as fast as the end game stuff without necessarily having to go through the the long grind. Like, do you think that's appropriate? Do you think it should have been a little slower? What what are your thoughts on this? Well, at most with the rate that money comes at the end game, it's only saving them a couple days worth of work at most. If they do all their dailies, they could probably afford the speeder cost in a single day. So I don't think it's that bad. Okay. Um, the, The only thing that seems a little bit iffy is that, you know, it's going full speed with rank one piloting. I would see if they could make that some way where it scales based on your piloting skill. Because what's the incentive to buy the further ranks if it's going to go max speed? Yeah. I I think I think this was very smart of Bioware to do. Because what you're doing is... By the way, the, this speeder, I don't know if you've seen it. Um, I love it. I think it's awesome. It It kind of looks a little bit like a... <laughs> like a... Like a pod racer. So I, I think it's definitely cool. It's it's really unique and different than every other speeder in the game. Additionally, the on the business aspect of this, um, 
they're really they're, this is a big reward at level 25 to have access to this at level 25 is huge and the only way you can get it is if you get a friend to sub up to the game so this is a <laughs> this is almost like a really uh, ingenious way of bioware getting more people to to join the game and it's a great out <laughs> yeah <laughs> sell your friends out <laughs> Um, and you know, if you follow my Twitter, you've, you've seen me actually, uh, get a couple of people invited, you know, to the game this week simply because I wanted this speeder and, um, they'll be getting it too. So just so you know, though, the way this works is you do the invite, they get the invite, they play the game. They have to either buy a game time card or the subscription. So you don't get it automatically. Once they get that time card or they start up that subscription, then you get the speeder. That's how this works. Oh, oh also key uh, tear on the third one. Uh, you have to receive emails from the Republic, meaning if you have you know your email account set up with your account for the game, you have to uh, I check that option um, on the site under your account. You have to tell the system that yes, you want to receive mails from the game. Because right, I think that's what some people aren't doing. Because, you know, sometimes you don't want to hear from the game company. You'd rather just play the game. Yeah. You know, you don't want to see, you know, every other day you don't want to see, for lack of a better phrase, you know, spam mail from, like, you know, from Funcom, from Blizzard. So they people don't do it. Right, of course. Who could blame so them? That's, yeah, and that's one of the caveats, though. So you have to <laughs> also be open to receiving emails from uh, the Republic uh, mailing site. So... You know, it's, I think it's just a little, not too much to ask for a really fast speeder. <laughs> yeah. So, for free. Yeah, and it, it really is a huge, it's, it's it's a huge reward. I'm surprised they went that far with it. Level 25, okay. 110% speed and available with uh, rank 1 piloting. I was very surprised at that. All right, um, Fred, what's our next headline? Next headline is that we have the Bioware Base Event 7 on July from San Diego Comic-Con 2012. That's right, yeah. A, uh, a new hoodie from Jinx is on the way, including 20 other products. Uh, they released a new novel, Annihilation, which was mentioned. Um, epic quest lines where players can gain legendary-like weapons. From them are in the works. New story content coming in the next year or so as well. They've they have said, which is good because that's. I think we'll be everyone will be looking for uh, more story content at that point. Mm -hmm. uh, new operation content will not make prior operations obsolete. Bioware will keep itemization in mind as new content makes its way into the game. Uh, Bioware also said they are looking at metrics for uh, war zones and operations in the game for future patches. Um, <laughs> they've also said that they love mini-games, so that's something to you know, keep uh, in mind for the future. Possible Pazak, I would like to... Uh, yes. Make, yeah, <laughs> I'd like to make that little... Uh, that Swoop racing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we'll continue to add space missions and more features in the future, which is great because I love the space missions. They're, they're definitely an awesome break for the game. 
I kind of see um, PvP and space missions as like just a, a way of just kind of breaking out of the monotony of constant questing or just constant, um, you know, farming for uh, for gear in uh, flashpoints and then, you know, operations and, and the heroics. It's it's it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. And I'm a big fan of that. I'm glad they'll be adding more to it. All right. Um, Lou, what's going on with Greg Zoller? What's up with this? All right. For those who haven't heard, George Zoller, he has departed from Bioware. So after about uh, 10 years of being a part of the Bioware family, principal lead designer, George Zoller, he left the company as of Friday, the 6th of July. You know, hate him or love him. George was actually one of the few developers in the Tor family who took the time and then some to respond to players on the forums and give his insights and reasonings for the behind-the-scenes decisions for the game, especially in regards to class design. Okay, uh, personally, I for one, you know, I respected George, his opinions, but you know, I also couldn't stand it because of the reasonings he gave behind the nerfs for the operative class. So, <laughs> but you know, at least you know. Like I said, the man would take the time to actually go on the forums and post his viewpoints, you know, and engage in a conversation with the players. Okay, which is rare uh, nowadays. Yeah, that doesn't happen a lot. Right. Um, but however, you know, he and his family, they're moving on to new career opportunities for both him and his wife. And they're heading over to Singapore to a new life over there, new careers for both of them. Singapore? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's a big move. <laughs> Yeah. That's how far people have to go for work these days. <laughs> Imagine. Jeez. So we here at the Quest Gaming Network, especially that Star Wars Reforged, just wish to say, may the force be with you, George. Good luck. Indeed. Good luck, George. Um, especially out in uh, in Singapore. And former tour players can now check out the game for free for a limited time. When Game Update 1.3 came out, Bioware gave former players, those who canceled their subscriptions, the opportunity to play Tor again for free. This was enabled via Game Patch 1.3.2 on July 9th, 2012. It's a way for these players uh, to experience all new changes that have come out and perhaps convince them to rejoin their Tor family. Uh, Two conditions, though. Your account must have been inactive prior to June 20th. And you can only get to play for seven days, and the period ends as of the 17th of July. Yes, tomorrow, if you're listening. So um, we know uh, you've been listening to the other shows, other other tour podcasts, and they've, they've been giving this information out um, during the week. Uh, I'd like to apologize. This information was not available to us when we did our show on Monday last week. Um, it came out the Tuesday after. So this is the next time we're doing a show, so we figured might as well at least mention it. You probably know all about it at this point. Um, but we, we want to put a good foot forward and, and at least mention this. So for those of you out there who, who have not heard it until now, we apologize. We have been unable to to cover this. All right. Um, HK51 revealed. Lou, what's up with that? Ooh. Yes. Literally, uh, thanks to Ketchak1997 in the chat room, who pointed out to us uh, actually a couple hours ago, the Bioware just released on the website a new trailer highlighting HK51. And take a quick look at it. It's on the site. 
But a quick description here we got following. You know, buried deep beneath the ISIS service on Bill Savis rests an army of the deadliest, most feared machines in the known galaxy. Thought to have been lost when an Imperial freighter was destroyed, they have recently been rediscovered by a group of renegade Sith lords. Hmm. Hmm. Now, both the Sith Empire and the Galactic Republic seek to control these dangerous weapons for themselves. Those who are brave enough to venture into the wreckage will emerge with a powerful new ally. All right, Bioware is very excited you know, to unveil this new dangerous assassination droid, HK-51. Cold, calculating, and ruthlessly efficient, HK-51 will stand by your side and loyally <laughs> follow your commands as you and your allies continue your journey. Uh, E3, journalists there during that conference were able to get a brief preview, but if you head to the website now, um, they did release the trailer, which they also highlighted at... Uh, San Diego Comic Con. Right. I've actually seen it. It looks. It's a. I think it's a really cool trailer. If everyone has a moment, I definitely advise go check it out when you have a chance. It's a great way to introduce this this wonderful character into the game. I mean, I'm a huge HK47 fan, and to have a new companion that's modeled just like him. I mean, I can't wait for it. Yeah, just I know. Call the meet back again. <laughs> HK-47 has been a, a, uh, a really popular character in the Star Wars series ever since Bioware created him in uh, the Knights of the Old Republic. To have the, the HK-51 come in for, you know, the Old Republic, I mean, uh, it's, it's, it's uh, definitely appropriate keeping with the series. Um, it's perfect. And I know, I know all Tor fans out there are just... This is happy news, and we're all excited about it. Certainly, certainly myself. Oh yeah, yeah. Especially since I found out that it's safe. It's safe. Yeah, I checked on IMDb. Nicholas Cage did not do any voice work for HK Fifty One. Master. <laughs> What's up, Meatbag? What's going on, Meatbag? <laughs> The Black Witch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. God almighty. You know, we got that accent that, we, that he had in that movie share. Oh, Moonstruck. <laughs> would have been perfect. <laughs> Feel like my head's on fire. <laughs> what? Pegasus got married? What? What? <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. The Dark Council's up next. Hang out. We're just going to start talking about uh, some stuff going on at the uh, San Diego Comic-Con. And our opinions on legendary-like weapons. Yes, you heard that right. Legendary-like weapons. Stay tuned. Your Dark Council is next. And welcome back, everyone. This is the Dark Council. Pick out a topic, chat about it, and uh, and there you have it for for good or for ill. Now, um, now, Fred, uh, during the break, you you had mentioned that there's there's going to be a, a new movie coming out for for what exactly? Yes, this is our topic for tonight. We're talking mm-hmm. about Michael Bay movies, the right. new Ninja Turtle and Twilight crossover. Oh, uh, <laughs> okay, Michael Bay. <laughs> 
Ninja Turtles and Twilight crossover. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. there's there's Splinter Moon and Breaking Half Shells. Breaking <laughs> Splinter Moon, Breaking Half Shells. Okay. Yeah. This is atrocious. <laughs> the chat room thought this was amusing. <laughs> you didn't hear all the details. Apparently not. <laughs> yeah, Are chat you missing uh... Splinter as a vampire? <laughs> Imagine those big buck teeth being wedged into somebody's neck. Yeah. God, no. <laughs> Not only are you infected with vampirism, but you also have rabies. Mm. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and you know how Splinter got that big? He was swimming in Bob's bucket. So you got herps, too. That's great. <laughs> All right, so um, if anyone out there wants to direct hate mail, you can direct it to me, because I actually allowed this off-topic, ridiculous uh, joke on air. <laughs> I will take my punishment. <laughs> Yes, like it, damn it. Elder Scrolls off the record <laughs> at gmail.com. Care of Joe the Widget Wilson. Joe the Widget Wilson. He will be happy to listen to your concerns. More than happy. More than happy. He'd be ecstatic. Elated, even. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fred, why don't you tell us a little bit about our topic today? Well, that's what I was doing. <laughs> All right. No, no, not that topic, the other one. <laughs> Okay, so we're actually going with the first one here, right? We're we're going with all of it. All right, this this whole thing is is awesome. So during the San Diego Comic Con of 2012, Bioware held their Bioware Base event and relayed future plans for Star Wars: The Old Republic. One in particular caught the eye: epic quest lines where players can gain legendary-like weapons. From them are in the works. Now that's that's uh, that's amazing news because this this game does lack a certain amount of a certain amount of depth, I suppose. Um, you, you you play a lot of the a lot of the other MMOs out there, and because they've been out for so long, you know they have a lot of a lot of intricacy, a lot of depth, a lot of nuance, a lot of characterization. That's that's because it's been out. They've been out for so long. Um, Tor doesn't quite have that yet. And and this I start to see as starting to inject some of that in. And um, legendary-like weapons, you know, a legendary weapon is really is bringing the MMO, this MMO, back to something that I, I don't think people are ready to let go of, which is the the, the grind, Basically, um, there's like I said in the beginning of the show, there's a lot of people out there that are uh, longtime MMO gamers. And when you there's a certain amount of joy that can be found a certain amount. OK, <laughs> in in the grind. Um, it's just it's uh, sometimes sometimes you just want to, you know, work towards something and, and have that be a long standing goal. And then when you finally achieve it, it's, it's awesome. And, and you're on to the next thing. So, um, <clears throat> Lou, what do we got here for number one here? What, what's this all about? Well, it's to help give the listeners, you know, some background into what they may be talking about. Right. Okay. Now, epic weapons are nothing new. All right. From the class epics 
that were available in EverQuest 1 to what World of Warcraft has now, the legendary weapons. You know, EverQuest 2, the class epics, continued again. All right, some MMOs have given players the opportunity to engage in essentially a main story slash class quest, which rewards the player with a class-defining weapon or weapons if you're a dual wielder, okay? And normally these weapons reflect that particular game's ideal of each player class, meaning it's going to be a definitive weapon that players could recognize off the bat that, you know, that's, you know, that's a thief's weapon. Now, that's a paladin's weapon. You know, that's going to be a mage weapon and so right. on. Or that's a Jedi weapon or a Sith exactly. weapon or a scoundrel weapon. Exactly. If it's a Sith weapon, it better have a Jedi in the middle of it. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> well, let's bear in mind the way that things work in SWOTOR. It wouldn't necessarily look like the default skin because if they do this right and there's any kind of bonuses on this, hopefully it'll be attached to the mods in the weapon so you can actually keep whatever skin you like if you don't like the look of your epic weapon. Well, I think I think Bioware has learned from from their previous mistake with with armor, and I think any any piece of armor that comes out that you you work toward and and is your your armor set for operations your tier armor i think they're going to have all the mods the augments and even the the uh you know the armor set bonuses to be extracted from that tier set i think that's that's the next move that they're going to make with this so I I hope so. I just get a little bit worried when they're talking about class defining weapons that like you look at it and know it represents that class. Well because... no, no, that's just that's just something I'm I'm postulating because they've given no specifics. Alright, they just said legendary like weapons. I'm trying to infer trying to go into a debate as to whether or not these can be likened to uh like the epic class weapons that we saw in EverQuest One and, and other MMOs. I would say no. I would say no, honestly. I think what they're going to do is they're going to put a couple of weapons in this game that are are going to be um, of this this legendary type tier quality of weapon. And mm-hmm. if you want it, you got to you know do the grind and get it. And then when you have it, everyone's going to know. You know, so and so has you know the the vibro blade of super awesomeness that can be used for light side or dark side or um, you know, so on and so forth. I think that's exactly what this is going to be. I don't think they're going to segment it into, you know, the Jedi Knight class weapon and then the, the Jedi Sentinel class weapon or, uh, you know, the, the Scoundrel class weapon. I, I don't think they're going to go that way with it. Well, actually, all they would need is one weapon because if if they design it, say it's like quest where at the very end you have to kill like a raid boss for to actually get the weapon. You kill that boss... And depending on what faction you're on, the item can have a different appearance. So if it's a double-bladed lightsaber on your Jedi Consular, it might look like it's got a golden hilt. And on your Sith, it could look like it's got a black hilt with, like, mist coming off of it or something. Something cooler than the Consular gets. But you get the (laughs) idea. (laughs) Yeah, uh, all too well as you jam it down our throats there, dear Fred. All too well. (laughs) I'm not jamming it down Lou's throat. He knows what I'm talking about. 
Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's keep in mind, though, uh, for Sotor and the timeline that the game is in, all right, if they do bring out these legendary-like weapons, all right, for these class, you know, for the classes, or just bring the legendary-like weapons in general, okay, I had a couple other questions to ask. All right, like, what kind of stat boost should it instill? Like, what would you like to see? All right. What kind of procs, abilities would you like to see this weapon possess? All right, as we just talked about before, what should it look like? Would you like to see a particular permanent effect on it to display it? You know, so to, as to differentiate it between other weapons in the game. All right, and, uh, you know, last but not least, balance issues. You know, especially with the game as it is now, in its current state, with the content that's out now, and the future content that Bioware has planned for Tor. All right, so um, Fred, why don't you why don't you start answering some of these questions for us? Okay, what what um, what kind of what kind of stat boosts do you think that that a if they were to put class weapons? Okay, or not class, but or just these legendary like weapons in the game. Okay. All right. I like how you took a deep breath before you're like, oh, Fred, <laughs> let's get you out of the way first. Yeah. <laughs> what ridiculous scenario can you come up with, Fred? Well, honestly, like, you know, is this is this is this even like, you know, applicable? I mean, what what do you mean what what stat boost should should instill it? I mean, it, it would depend on on the the class that that you're playing. I mean, uh you know, endurance and strength are the the stats that that Jedi guardians need most. You know, I well, what if they attach certain bonuses to, like, the mod in it, though? Like, say it's a lightsaber, and they put on the hilt mod some kind of an effect that, like, increases the strength or endurance of everybody in your group by 5%. I like I like the next question a bit better. Let's, let's go with this one. What kind of procs or abilities would you like to see it possess? I think, I think this one's probably a little bit closer to what you're trying to hit on here, Fred. The one I would like to see it possess would be like a passive thing that makes it so your companions automatically like any decision you make. Something called like inspiration. <laughs> I would okay. like that. And then if that's out of the question and they got to make it something more group centric, well, like I just said, 5% might be overpowered, but what if they put like a 1% boost to all stats because then at most you're getting a four percent increase if everybody in your group has that weapon hmm. okay that that might be an idea lou what do you think well there there are a bunch of things i mean yeah definitely not only active abilities active procs but definitely they should think to giving these weapons uh, passive abilities for example like that boost that Brevis just spoke about Okay, to make it more group friendly, you know, make your character uh, give each class something unique to boost in the party. Okay, so there's no shutting out, you know, any one class or isolating one class from the group or group dynamic. Okay, because you know that an operative with this legend-like weapon can give this type of group boost, passive group boost, along with the actors that this weapon possesses. All right. Um, maybe something to where you know how the operative, their class buff, you know, gives that crit buff. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now with this 
legendary like weapon for this character, you know, yeah, it's a five percent now, maybe it goes up another two percent. Okay. So now everyone's got on top of their own uh, crit boost that they've done for themselves on their own particular character. Here comes an operative. Now it's giving you another seven percent on top of that. You know, uh, which applies. Um, maybe other stuff dealing as well, where you know we do have legacy perks in the game now that can increase the rate at which you gain affection to your companions. Uh, maybe give another presence boost with these weapons as well, so that it's also mm-hmm. you know when you're playing solo, you know, or you're in a group that's you know maybe just two of you and you're using companions. And both of you have your legendary-like weapons. Hey, now your companions are just that much more effective. Okay? Something like that. I think that would be something nice to see if uh, they could do it. All right. <clears throat> now, I would um, like to see like a huge power boost because that increases everything for everyone. You know, that like might be an option. Power. Yeah, right, that might be right. an option. Yeah, increase everyone's power pool or energy pool, whatever they use for to fire off their abilities. You know, a passive boost to that, like you know, add another hundred to it. You know, or fifty to make it you know balanced or fair. Where do we think this should go regard in regards to PvP? Do you think this should be a PVE only thing, or do you think that you think that this this legendary weapon thing? Um, whatever benefit it gives should be applied to PvP. I think it should because you should never. I don't think you should ever isolate one particular game style play style over the other. Right, and if it's if it's a legendary weapon, I mean, let's face it, you know, it should be it should be legendary. Right, it should carry that aspect. For me personally, it should carry that aspect against against both PvP and PvP. Um, you know, personally, sa- I, I at don't... the same time though, Lou, wouldn't it make PvP weapons kind of obsolete if they make the legendary too good for PvP? Well, that's true. There's always a danger with that. Um, that's probably one of the biggest issues they need to focus on is the fact that how do you balance this weapon to work effectively in both? Yeah, that's not that. Arenas. That's not an easy. I mean, this is not an easy thing to do. Um, right. And, you know, so many aspects of the game are just so impacted by it. Right. Absolutely. Maybe they have. Uh, maybe the maybe the answer to that would be a PVE legendary version and a PVP legendary version. Maybe that would be an answer. Or um, they could do it where there's just one version, and yet the moment you step into the war zone. You step into the open world PvP areas, the stats for this weapon, everything adjusts for it. Yeah, for PvP. Or PvP. Fighting. Yes. Yeah, or like you, you know, you flag yourself for for PvP and. Right, and now the moment you're targeted, a player targets you, or you target another player, you know the game system knows. Oh, now your weapon changes. Okay, and I think the system is robust enough to recognize that, and okay. can recognize that. Um, let's let's take this one as our last question. All right, what should it look like? All right, would you like to see a particular permanent effect on it as a display to differentiate it, it from the other weapons in game? I think that is necessary. 
I mean, let's face it, you know, in, in, the, in the event of a lightsaber, okay, you're talking about a lightsaber here. Let's just say you're talking about a lightsaber. You're not going to be able to see the hilt. It's just, I mean, if it's, I mean, if you're looking at some, if somebody's character model and you're looking at their hip, you might, you'll see it there. But no one's looking there, you know? And when you draw this thing, no one's looking at the hilt. They're looking at the, at the, the light, the saber blade. Um, so how do you know this guy has a, has a legendary weapon without, you know, inspecting the, the character and, and, you know, bringing up the paper doll and, and looking like, oh, wow, he's got the legendary version of, you know, item X. I think having something like this, like some kind of an effect where, you know, there's, there's some sort of radiation coming off of, you know, the lightsaber blade, um, or the, the, uh, the, the blaster bullets um, are completely unique, different color than any other kind in the game. That might be, you know, a way to go. What do you guys think, Fred? I would think in the instance of like a lightsaber to make the color crystal in it be something that you normally can't achieve. Like maybe instead of like, say it's an, a Sith saber. Instead of just having the regular crimson blade, maybe have a crimson blade with a white core. Okay. Yeah, that's a good so it thought. looks like a white lightsaber with, you know, red radiation coming out of the sides of it instead of the normal white. What about you, Lou? Yeah, I think a really unique looking color crystal, again, would help differentiate it, but I'd also like a permanent. Me personally, I, I would like to see some sort of glowy effect that's present on any of the weapon systems. Okay, whether it's your hilt, whether it's a, bla- uh, a blaster pistol or a blaster rifle. Okay, mm-hmm. um, you know it should definitely be something that displays not only while it's holstered, okay, on your hip or on your back, along with a very unique weapon skin. Okay, first off, um, there should be some sort of passive effect that that you see. You know, that slithers around that weapon. Like Fred was intimated before, like, you know, a black hilted lightsaber, but it has some sort of mist, you know, that radiates around it. Okay. Right. Maybe like a slow spiral that goes around the hilt, which you see when it's on someone's hip, but also when it's in their hand, you'll see that slow white mist spiral going across their hands as well, knowing, hey, wow, what's this guy got? Yeah, it's, it's uh, something crazy. I was thinking, exactly. like maybe, um, you know, when when you when you see some some um, Star Wars art, the lightsaber blade, especially in um, in the original Star Wars movie poster, you know, you got Luke Skywalker holding up the lightsaber blade, and at the base of the lightsaber is a uh, a very distinct like starlight glow coming out of the the uh, light source of the lightsaber, mm-hmm. right at the base of the hilt. Yeah, right at the emitter. Yep. Right. Something like that might be cool on on the the Republic side for a, a legendary lightsaber. You know, you ignite the um, the lightsaber, and you have that that radiating starlight glow coming off of the the igniter off the hilt. And then, conversely, on the Empire side, you know, you would have like almost like you said, smoke coming off that same area. That might be cool. What about oh, maybe? Yeah. Um, uh, legendary items would would give you different 
combat animations. You know, maybe you don't always draw the lightsaber the way you normally would. It doesn't just, you know, come out. Maybe it comes out and you, you know, you do a heroic thing. I don't know, a flip or something, or <laughs> you, know, you twirl, <laughs> twirl it around, and you know, ready yourself. You- you pull it out and spin the hilt in your hand a few times before you ignite it. <laughs> <laughs> like a cowboy in the West. Yeah, something like that. You know, that would be great for the scoundrel. You know, you whip out the, the uh, you know, your, your blaster and twirl it around a couple of times and, and then you're ready. <laughs> That's a thought. Okay, does anyone else have anything else on this? No? Okay. All right, um, that'll 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 just about do it. Those are those are some of our thoughts on on legendary weapons and and how we would like to see some of this some of this uh, functionality work within the game. I'm super excited about the idea of legendary weapons coming. Um, over the weekend, Lou and I uh, downloaded re-downloaded EverQuest Two. Um, we got back into he got back into the game and he was showing me the ropes a little bit because I had never played EverQuest Two. And the one thing about that game that's um, very apparent is is the grind. And I was telling Lou that as we were, you know, destroying orcs and, and whatnot, goblins rather, <laughs> in the starting area, um, trying to grind out this quest, I, I was telling Lou that, you know, I kind of miss this in an MMO. Just that, that grindy feel doesn't have to go too crazy and i know everquest 2 can goes crazy with it um but sometimes like i said you you want a little you want something to work toward um in in world of warcraft the uh the eggs that you have to you have to find in um in the burning crusade in order to get the nether drake faction up to get your nether drake mount that was a week's worth of work for me but at times it was really boring um, but I did it and I enjoyed it. And when I was done with it, I kind of missed having to do that grind and certainly getting my reward for it was amazing. I see this, this legendary, um, item thing, this legendary weapon thing as a way to kind of like inject some of that, you know, it's totally optional. If you're not hardcore, uh, game style playing to, to want to do this, then you don't have to. However, if you are, this gives you something to grind towards, something to work towards. And I think a little bit of that in an MMO is goes a long way, especially for, for some of us out there that are used to this kind of thing. Uh, Fred and Lou, do you have closing arguments with this? Okay. All right, guys, let's, uh, let's move on because uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Culto Healing Agents in the Jedi Archives. Up next... I think it would be wise if you took advantage of my knowledge in this And we're back, everyone, with the archives. Lou, what do you have regarding culto healing? All right. For those of you who are familiar with Nitro Republic games, and now with Star Wars Republic... Today's topic is going to be Colto, the healing agent of the galaxy. And in the words of Joey Bindo from the first KOTOR game, Manon's unusual place. Not for its water, mind you. It's the Colto. Healing juice. 
only place where it occurs in the galaxy. Colto was a liquid that was known for its miraculous healing abilities. It was found in the water of the ocean called Manan. It was the primary export and main focus of Manan's economy. And for those of you who may not be familiar, if you haven't played the Knights of the Old Republic games, in the very first one, Knights of the Republic, uh, the story takes you to this water planet, and it's the home of the Selkath. And it's the home, like I just said, of Colto, uh, the best healing agent known throughout the galaxy. Okay, And the native humanoid species, the Selkath, like I just said, they were the only sentient inhabitants of the planet, and they controlled pretty much anything and everything related to Colto. Gathering, it's harvesting, the refinery, refining, manufacturing, any export of it. Now, one of the primary locations for Colto to be harvested on the planet was known as the Rackart Rift. The most common application of Colto was usually through complete submersion in a Colto tank. Hmm. Sound familiar, hmm. people? Sound <laughs> familiar. Every time I go to the uh, the healing droid to pick up some stims or just to you know bring myself back to life, there's always three or four guys suspended in a Colto tank behind me. Yeah, that's correct. All right, and the patient would remain inside the tank, completely submerged in a solution of Colto until the wounds would heal. Was this the During- same the same kind of uh, tank that uh, Luke was submerged in after he was pulled off of Hoth? Yes. That it's was a Colto tanker. It, it's it's uh, with the Knights of the Republic timeline, and with Tor, Colto is a healing agent of the galaxy in a okay, time wait, frame of yeah, the movies. Hold on. I see. I see it further down here, Lou. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Sorry, didn't mean to slow you down. Yeah, that's all right. Now, during its peak, Colto tanks can be found anywhere and everywhere, aboard starships, inside government buildings, medical facilities. You name it. You could have it. <laughs> Constantly getting hit in the face with the stuff from Doc. Yes. Stay that alive! Green... Hey, keep that green go away from me. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> and the great thing about Colto's use is that the concentration of it could be tailored to the patient, meaning depending on the severity of your ailment or wound, what have you, you only needed X amount of it in order for it to work. So now it allowed, you know, Doctors, medical droids to tailor different solutions to be input into these tanks, you know, to treat the particular ailment for the patient. Right. Now, Colto is also one of the primary components of the med packs that you see used throughout the galaxy, especially in the game. Not only Star Wars of the Republic, but in KOTOR 1 and KOTOR 2. Small amounts of this liquid could be placed in the med pack and can be easily, you know, carried, transported, and used in hypo injections or hypo sprays. Or as you see in the game, you know, getting sprayed with that green, that green goo. <laughs> now, the amount of Colto in these packs was not substantial, but then that was also dependent on the quality of the med pack. So it could function as a first aid supplement or just a viable means of treating trauma. Now, we see the highest use of Colto is during the time between the Jedi Civil War and the Galactic Civil War. In there, cultural production suffered substantially, and you know, value escalated because hey, if production suffers, becomes a scarce commodity, price goes up. When the cult culto went so high, you know, market for it unfortunately collapsed in favor of a less expensive alternative, Bacta. Hmm. Mm, <laughs> Bacta. Yes. 
Now, over the millennia, the, you know, the scholars never really were able to isolate one particular reason for the sharp decline of culture production. You know, and it's been a high topic of debate amongst academics. Nevertheless, since the economy of Manan was dependent on it, when culture production collapsed and went away, culto became almost completely forgotten uh, up until the time or the time frame of a new hope. Okay. And if those of you who have ever read the Extended Universe uh, books, okay, remember there's one series, one book in particular called uh, I think The Back to Wars. Okay. Where the galaxy again suffers uh, this sort of loss of production, the scarcity of Bacta. Okay, and the galaxy is scurrying to harvest and harness whatever sources of Bacta they can find. Okay, so I, I, I like how, you know, Bioware has taken that and somehow, you know, integrated something like that, that scenario back into the Old Republic universe. You know, I like how they make that, you know, full circle. You know, what happened in the past happens again. So, and there you have it. Wow. Oh, thanks a lot, Lou. So there you have it. Culto, Bacta, and everything in between. Great goo. No. Um, my favorite part in this is is when you is when you uh, itemize here that the reason for the sharp decline of culto production is unknown and hotly contested in academic circles. Um, when I was going to college and taking um, economic classes, I took um, I took uh, economics, and then I took. Um, world economics, galaxy economics was part of that, and we we hotly contested um, the uh, the loss of culto over Bacta over and over again. Nice, and, uh, yeah. It was believed that the the Keynesian theory of economics that existed in the turn of the century uh, may have been a result of the of culto losing its grip on the market. And I hear I would have thought it was a Time Lord sabotaging culture production in the galaxy. Oh! <laughs> um, that might have been it, actually. I think I may have gotten my signals mixed up. <laughs> All right, well, we... <laughs> it's like there's, catch that. <laughs> that. There may be the one economist out there that listens to the show that may have found that amusing. Or not. I don't know. <laughs> All right, we, we actually we, uh, we got an email this week. Um, from uh, from Evan C, and we would like to address it right now. And Evan says, "Hello, hello, Evan. Hello, hello, uh, hello. This message is directed to Evarwin or Lou. Thank you in advance for reading this, and for all of you, and for all you do in the way of podcasting. I started listening to your show when I was playing Skyrim about a month ago." Because of this, I was led to your Star Wars podcast, and eventually, after falling in love with the show, I decided to try the game out. I'm not a huge lore historian like Lou. Lore, Lou, Louing, lore, loring, Lou, Lou. <laughs> however, <laughs> I like how you put that in email. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> uh, however, I am a child of the '80s and love everything Star Wars. So far, I'm really liking this game, and I haven't played an MMO since pre-Lich King World of Warcraft. All this ramble said, you guys seem to seem really down to earth and laid back, and I would love to join your guild if you're accepting members. I am no drama. <laughs> I am no drama, and mainly would like to be in a guild to learn from those that know and help out when I'm able. Anyway, thanks for reading this, and let me know when you get a chance 
how best to contact you. My character is a member of the Republic on Candor's Ordo server. His name is blah blah blah. Sashomaru. <laughs> Sashomaru. If you're an Inuyasha fan. <laughs> Huge fan of the show. Really enjoy what you do. Special thanks to Avarwin and Lou and Fred. Crow Top Training. Yeah, that's his handle. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. All right. Um, Evan, and, and to all listening, we have not figured out what we're doing about a tour guild. <laughs> that, that was nice of you to add me in there, Evarwin. And I would be offended that I was left out of this email, but seeing as how he plays on Candorous Ordo, I'll look past that. <laughs> <laughs> well, he he uh, he didn't leave you out. Um, Lou accidentally uh, erased your name from the email. Several. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it actually started off saying this message is directed to Fred. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's playing on the wrong server to be sending that message. <laughs> Um, we haven't figured out this whole guild thing yet, and and the reason being is is quite honestly, I want to punch iTunes in the face, and <laughs> once I get this damn feed thing figured out with iTunes, um, we'll work on the guild thing. In short, all right, it's it's been three weeks where I've submitted our feed to iTunes, and this show was late because I was. Yelling at tech support, respectfully, of course, um, to get me on the phone with somebody on that end who handles these feed issues so they could tell me exactly why it's taken three weeks for me to receive an acceptance or a decline letter as to if, if our show can go onto iTunes. I haven't even received this email, let alone seen our show on the iTunes marketplace. And, um, everyone over there is just as puzzled as I am. So, I actually got somebody who um, seems to know what they're talking about. And and it's not because the iTunes tech support guys are, like, bad or anything. No, they, they seem very knowledgeable and they're very professional. And and once I finally get through the systems that, that Apple has put in place, which are horrible, and actually talk to a human being, things start to get a little better. So the, the people of Apple who work there, the iTunes guys, the tech guys are good. The systems, all right, this whole nonsense where I have to email somebody in iTunes in order to get any kind of answers is awful. I don't like it. Get rid of it. It sucks. I'm tired of it. Joke's on you, bro. The only people that work for Apple are cyborgs. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Oh, you got to email this guy and that guy. No, I don't want to email anybody. I want to talk to a human being. Is that so damn hard? Put somebody on the phone with me. Tell me what's going on. So in any event, um, Stanley, <laughs> Stanley from iTunes, you're an amazing dude, and I can't wait to to help get this whole thing, you know, all figured out, and and we're gonna we're gonna come to a, a solution sometime this week between talking to him on the phone and emailing him. I'm very very confident that that this whole feed thing is is finally going to see its resolution sometime this week. Um, oh look, Stanley just got fired. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for calling me out, Evarwin. <laughs> I, I mean, at 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 the risk of making you know this show like really boring and, and annoying, um, I've I've done I've been the dutiful son for them. I have I have emailed them when they asked me to. I have waited when they have asked me to. 
And it's gotten to the point where the things that they are recommending me do have been dead ends. I've gotten, I've, I've been asked to email them, um, email their tech support. They sent me a do not reply email with a link on it to a, to a fact website with all frequently asked questions to troubleshoot. So you want, you, you want me to go ahead and troubleshoot my own problem. That's fine and great. But when I actually did that, my answer, the answer to my question wasn't even there. So that, that was a dead end. I call them and the, their, all they, all tech support is over there is just, you know, people who are able to troubleshoot your, your iPhones and your iPod touches and your, you know, your devices, not iTunes and podcasting. They, they literally know nothing about it. And trying to find someone over there who knows anything about it is like they've got like this secret group hidden away in Cheyenne Mountain, in the middle of South Dakota somewhere, next to the president, where like, oh, you can't talk to these people. And give me, give me a break. <laughs> you make it sound like you called in and you got this answer. It's like, greetings, meatbag. I am Agent HK51. <laughs> How may I be of assistance? I mean, and then it's just... like, I was yelling at them respectfully. What were you doing? It's a trap. No, like the, the, basically the way that I'm talking right now is, is how I was telling the tech support guys. I said, listen, the, the frustration you hear in my voice is not from you, sir, okay? Stanley. I'm not angry with you, Stanley. I'm angry with Apple and I'm angry with iTunes because this has been three weeks. We've got advertisers that are looking at our network, at our show. And, you know, this is go time. So let's go. Let's do this. And let's, let's have this thing enabled. And I don't understand why it takes three weeks to get an acceptance or a decline letter on our feed for iTunes. Why does that take three weeks? It yeah, shouldn't. You're, you're like, I'm not angry with you, Stanley. And Stanley just shifts his eyes to the Apple corporate guy that's holding a gun to his head. And he's like, oh, Apple's amazing, Ivarwin. <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> well, uh, that that's enough of that. I, don't, I mean, I don't want to, you know, we've, we've I don't you know. This, yeah. But in short, in short Evan, the poor guy we fired. just had a lot on our plate, that's all, for the past yeah. few weeks where we really haven't had time to sit down and actually plot out what uh, we'd like to do for a guild. Correct. You know, between this show, the other shows that we're involved in, plus real life and playing the other games, it, it's going to be a challenge. One that we're up to, I think we're up to it, but, you know, it's one that we definitely want to think ahead, you know, plan and... and you know, make it enjoyable for everyone involved. So, yeah. You know, what's that um, phrase? Mm, soon, TM. Soon, yes. TM, Bioware. <laughs> <laughs> or we'll look into it. We'll look into TM, it. We'll look into it. <laughs> Parentheses. We're, we're Bio, hoping yeah. it comes sometime in the next year or so. Right. The next patch, <laughs> possibly. <laughs> Um, no, it's, it is something we've dedicated considerable thought to, and, and we're pretty much sided with the, with the idea that any guild that, that this show creates is going to be a, a, uh, a casual guild. If you're a fan of the show, come hang out with us kind of a thing. Um, we, yeah, we, we want to raid. We'd love to raid. Yeah. Um, but honestly, it's not going to be a, a raiding guild because not everyone who listens to us are raiders. All... All one of you. <laughs> yes. In fact, as soon as we're done here, I'm going to eat a big bowl of chili, and then about 15 minutes later, I'm going to go invest some more thought into this guild idea. <laughs> That's a good idea, Fred. That is a good idea. 
I would appreciate anything you could come up with. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, we're going to start closing out the show, but we've got a couple things we want to mention to you first. All right. The first is sub up, sub up, sub up. This show needs your help. Um, once we once we finally do get our our feed on iTunes ready, rocking and rolling, we need you to sub up to it. It helps the show a lot. Five-star reviews are also most welcome as well. We love hearing how awesome we are. But if you have criticism as well, of course, we love hearing that too. Radio surveys. We want you to take our radio surveys. It's found on all of our new websites. It takes about five minutes. It's very, very important. More important than our five-star reviews. You can uh, tell us all you need to tell us in those radio surveys. Yeah, in fact, those of you thinking about leaving a one-star review, we're going to have a new planet side feed up soon for you to do that. <laughs> that's that's a terrible idea. <laughs> that's a terrible idea. Um, what else can we say? Uh, $10 mentions, guys. If, you, uh, if you'd like to advertise yourself on the show or any of our other shows in the Quest Gaming Network, we have $10 mentions. You can mention uh, a, a, uh, an event. Or a friend who you know is a huge, huge fan of, of one of our shows. A guild works great for guilds and works great for podcasts as well. Um, we have a recurring sponsor uh, this week from a podcast that's out there and asked, said, hey, you know, uh, we're a late night steamer, guys. Give us a hand. You know, uh, here's, here's, you know, the, uh, the $10 mention money and, and they, uh, we're, we're going to give them a hand. We're going to help them out. And they're, they're funny guys, <laughs> really funny guys. I like their shows. <laughs> so um, certainly, ten dollars mentions is something that that we are we are uh, interested in, in providing and offering. Thank you, thank you for picking me up, Fred. All right, final I thoughts, can... guys. <laughs> well, also, well, well, ten dollars mentions. Let us yes. know what show you'd like it announced on, too. <laughs> yeah, that helps. Um, usually, we we just will. I mean, we we talk. Anyone who donates to the show in one way or another, um, and who wants to utilize that ten dollar mention service, you know, we we open up a rapport with you. It's not just you know, here's ten bucks and just say blah. Um, if we if we feel like we could make your ad better on our show, we're, we're going to email you. And we're going to tell you. Certainly, those late night steamer guys, um, they sent us something and we said, oh, we got you know, we want to just ask you this question. Maybe maybe this instead of that, or or maybe come off in a you know. We had a couple ideas for them, and, and they jumped on it. They were very, very happy with it. So we, you're not just you're not just giving us ten dollars. We are we are providing a service for you, and because um, you're helping us out, we want to help you out too. And uh, that's 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 where we're coming from. Final yeah, thoughts, guys. Well, let me clarify this real quick before okay. anybody gets the wrong idea. Yeah. I was only joking when I said to leave one star reviews for the Planet Side Show. Don't go over there and do that because we make you mad. <laughs> <laughs> if because you know somebody will. Well, the last time somebody even mentioned a one star review, somebody jumped right on that. <laughs> so don't do that. Joe will execute me. Yeah. What you what you need to do if you have any feedback at all about our show, just send us an email. Sotorreforged at gmail dot com. We'll never turn down a five star review though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but but don't go giving other shows one star reviews on our behalf, <laughs> even if we ask you to. Fred, can you can you sleep tonight now safely? Can you can you do that after you've said this? Can you now sleep safely? Well, I don't think Joe has my actual address, so yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, we and could plus, find it. It'd be a long drive from where he is. <laughs> okay. I'd have enough time to sleep and leave. Airplanes are flat are faster. <laughs> but getting tickets and by the time he got through the TSA, I don't think so. <laughs> true, very true. Yes. Got to factor that in. <laughs> okay. So, want me to tell them about our other shows real quick? Yeah, yeah, let's let's uh let's do that. Okay. We have Elder Scrolls off the record that records at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Thursdays. We have Minecraft off the record that records at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Sundays. We have Diablo off the record that records at 7 p.m. Oh, no, 6 p.m. now. 6 p.m., yeah. Eastern Standard Time on Fridays. And we just had our Planet Side 2 show launch this week that is Planet Side off the record that... Just released episode zero. The feed for them didn't appear in iTunes yet, but you can find them on our main Quest Gaming Network feed. And it's going to be bi-weekly until the game actually launches. The next episode is going to record on July 26, 2012 at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And how to reach us? You can find our website at swotorreforged.com. Of course, we have our main portal site, at questgamingnetwork.com. We record live in our live stream channel at livestream.com slash thequestshow. You can always email us at swotorreforged at gmail.com. You can find our presence on Facebook. We have a Swotor Reforged group that is actually maintained daily. Please like us there. Twitter, our show can be found at swotorreforged. Evarwin can be found at Evarwin. Lou can be found at GamerGuy11B. I can be found at Gorthinolor. And Swotor Reforged is a Quest Gaming Network production in association with Metal Earth Network. Fred, what's your final thought for the show? It was a blast recording with you guys tonight. Aww. Oh, and everybody... Check out Evarwin's host journal that just came out on our main Quest Gaming Network feed. He did an excellent job with that. That that garbage journal that I made. <laughs> Send him tweets and tell him what you thought of it, and remember to use the hashtag Evarwini. Evarwini. <laughs> uh, Lou, final thought. Wow, we had a lot to talk about today. Yeah, um, we did. You know, quite a few new things happening at the Bioware family. But I like what they have announced in San Diego Comic-Con. Oh, it's such a teaser for them. And I, there's just so much more coming out that I know they've gotten to wraps. And I, I, I can't wait for the next few weeks to figure out from them, hear from them, as to what they've actually got planned for us. You know, Every every day, hitting that uh, that main website, just trying to see if any updates. They're sneaking in there, you know, under the radar. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to HK51, to be honest. That's going to be a little. I heard it's going to be you know difficult to get. There's going to be a bit of a grind. I'm looking forward to to doing that, and um, I'm looking forward to you know we we didn't really talk too much. We didn't really talk about this, um, but my my new consular and all of those legacy updates that I'm uh, and unlocks that I'm getting with my consular is just it's great stuff, and I can't wait to uh, to get back in game. And as soon as I'm done posting the show, I absolutely will be. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. 
Fred, let's start our, let's start saying our goodbyes and let's let's start off with you. Goodbye. <laughs> Lou. <laughs> Good night, everyone. Thanks all for being here. Good night, everyone in the chat room. Look forward to you all again next week. Chat room, thank you very much. You keep us going and we adore you. Right, we bow to you. Take care, everyone. Be safe. Take care of yourselves. And may the force be with you. Remember, the Force will be with you, always.